SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. Songe Zomapete on SAFM. First, first things first, Morongwa, I'm getting some serious battering here on my WhatsApp facility. Sakile is super excited that he's got a ticket coming his way. And you heard the news reader there, Greg Khos. Do I have confirmation that you've got an extra two tickets to give on top of the one that you let out for Colin earlier on this evening? Of course, of course. Yes. Um, it's Heritage Month and Tourism Month. Yes. And they'll be happy to know that they will They'll be happy to know COVID-19. that. Sorry, sorry. Do you want to repeat that? We lost you for a, an awkward second. You said they would be happy to know that. They would be part of the first customers post-COVID-19 uh-huh. to visit the island. So, Sakila. So as long as they're around Cape Town, they need to ensure that they get themselves to the Nelson Mandela Gateway. The boat leaves at 11. So, please arrive at least quarter past 10 or half past 10 the latest so we can do the necessary screening and ticket verification. All I'll need from Yusongezo mm-hmm. is their full names and ID numbers um, just to add uh, to create tickets for them which they can be emailed to them or can be collected upon arrival on Saturday. Greg Khos, Sakila in Durban, don't say I never do anything for you. I can't quite claim the one for Colin because that was offered without my at all being involved in that. But to the extent that you guys are listening to this, please get hold of Lesejo for the purposes of your full names and ID numbers. If you find yourselves married to Lesejo, please do not blame me. I don't know what she's going to do with your ID number. But just before we sign off, because we are anticipating any moment now, Dr. Ramnik Alwalia, who is the CEO of Higher Health to join us. Murunga, you've been a student. Tell us, in terms of what the doctor's going to send, I of course know that you don't hold a brief for him in particular, but a recent development is that 10 fully furnished mobile clinic units will now be available for health services at TVET colleges around the country. That's in partnership, of course, with the Department of Higher Education, Science and Innovation. Let's talk about the experiences of students and why their health should be held in high regard, why students themselves should take their health very seriously. If you like, draw on some of your experiences as a young teenager and a lady in her early 20s and the importance of health and maintaining it not just physical health of course but mental health as a student absolutely i think you know when one speaks of education um you also need to take into consideration health good health at that and with the disruption of life that we've just actually went through health and education um from a student's point of view, I can only imagine how they quickly needed to adjust to the environment. And we need to also take into consideration the economic um, environment that we are all brought up in. This may have been something very difficult for some to, to handle. Some young quite unfortunate. And being a student myself, I think the most important for me um, was to, number one, get an education. Um, number two, ensure that I'm in a safe environment. We're seeing increasing numbers of gender-based violence around um, our country. 
where young girls are raped, they are murdered, or they are intimidated in some way or another, even in a space that they think is, is, is quite safe. And so I think higher health needs to be commended for these um, mobile clinic units because some of them, you know, have access to basic health services. Sure. And this is primary human right. It's a need. One needs to ensure that the health is object with a woman. It's easy to um, Morongo, sorry, Morongo, I beg your pardon. Can I just interrupt you there, please? For some reason or the other, and just as well it has come now, your line is starting to get a little interrupted, and I'm having to pick up stompies in relation to what you are saying. But in any event, thankfully, Dr. Ramnik Alualia is on the line, no stranger to the show, CEO of Higher Health. It's the second time or third, possibly, we are having this conversation. Doc, thanks so much for joining us. We understand that you were somewhat double-booked. Appreciate nonetheless for you coming on. But Morongo has emphasize some important things there. Health, ultimately, is a human right. And she was speaking from the perspective of a woman, and it is especially important in the light of the prevailing circumstances in this country that initiatives as these, these, are there, especially for the woman student around our campuses. Your thoughts in relation to this, the mobile healthcare services for underserviced post-schooling education campuses. Uh, good evening to you, sir, and good evening to everyone. And, and you're absolutely right. You know, um, um, easy access to basic health is a human right, and uh, easy access to human um, uh, to health uh, at the doorsteps of our young students who are uh, fighting all the difficult odds to to graduate. Um, what we need in this country is a competent graduate, a skilled graduate that can go out and 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 build our economy, build a family. Um, because to be very honest, ninety five percent of our students in TVET colleges come from very poor backgrounds. Uh, 80% of our university students, with thanks to transformation, have started coming from very, very poor backgrounds. And our CET colleges, almost 100% of our students come from very poor backgrounds, getting those skills for job requirements or industry-specific. And now, if we can help them by bringing easy access so that they don't have to walk 10 kilometers to collect an ARV or an HIV test, a young girl can get contraceptives at the doorsteps on uh, while she's studying so that she cannot fall pregnant and, 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 and youth pregnancies or unplanned pregnancies that leads to dropouts or even leads to HIV or, or, or has been the biggest killer of maternal health can be sorted out at the doorstep. Can we not bring a psychologist at the doorstep? Uh, and that's exactly these mobile clinics are going to do as social workers to support mental health uh-huh. and specifically gender-based violence. Um, uh, to be very honest, massive, most of our gender-based violence is domestic violence or partner violence or, or uh, intimate partner violence. Girls are living or men are living with this when they come to our institutions. Or young students who are adolescents or late adolescents come there being abused. And they are asked then to pass the exam, graduate. And these incidents might have happened a long time back. So we have to empower them to be, to be able to study, empower them to report, empower them uh, so that they can get support and they can become a citizen that this country wants. So all these, this initiative has been uh, what we have been really waiting for years to build. Uh, we've really built a very strong primary health system where we have deployed community health care workers all over our campuses doing primary health screenings on HIV, on mental health, on GBV, on domestic violence, sexual violence, even perpetrator uh, screenings. Uh, but 
what we needed now was a secondary level of healthcare, which was specialized nurses, psychologists, social workers coming on the campuses, seeing those referrals, putting them on right linkage to care, bringing them at those required uh, treatment on the doorsteps. And I think that that's how we can build an economy, and that's exactly where we're heading towards. Let me ask you this final question because time is not quite against us. But I have to say, much of this model, and please disagree to the extent that it isn't consistent with the reality of this latest initiative anyway, does model somewhat transnets Pelopepa program, but of course this one is on wheels and can really access those spaces that rail cannot, but which is more, it's for the student community. What makes the student community as vulnerable as such programs would suggest they are? You know, we are a very unfortunate country in the world, or Africa is very unfortunate. We are a youth continent, and we lose youth more, sometimes bigger in numbers than any other part of the world. Uh, we can't see youth dying. Uh, we have to, it's, it's a normal norm of human behavior that adults die and then youth uh, come to the adult stage or older age and then die. Uh, HIV epidemic is a youth-centered epidemic. Gender-based violence is very youth-centered in, the, in this country around most of it, mm-hmm. which kills our young people. Mental health, suicide is the biggest, second biggest cause of death among young people. Um, we are a country which has the highest amount of teenage pregnancy or unplanned pregnancies, leading to maternal death. Um, and, and these are real challenges of South African um, epidemics. And this is where the economy is going. This is where our, our, our whole uh, cultural or uh, societal issues are embedded into it. Our history is embedded into it. And the only way we can, our one generation post-apartheid, is facing all this. But maybe we can build a next generation that might come out with families which are not broken, with more conservative families, people, children seeing parents, getting into school education and, and high education. So we need to focus on building building families. And most of these students coming from higher education, whether a TVET college or university, are beginning to build a family because they become the sole bread earner yes. of their families most probably. So I think this is where the focus should be for this country. Uh, it's a bigger vision of transforming South Africa for its next generation. Uh, what's happened to our generation, we can't change it. But what we need to change is the next generation. And I think this is all in efforts for them at this moment. Fantastic. My co-host, she is, for whatever reason, now shy to ask the question herself. She's on the line. She's asking, one, can one make a full recovery from mental health? And I'm tying this question to the fact that Higher Health does have a 24-hour student helpline and the importance, therefore, for students to use this facility for the purposes of finding a friend who will be, whilst at arm's length and non-judgmental, but equally on the side of, ultimately, their health. Recovery mental health and the facility that's available 24-7. Final comment, please. So, so yes, absolutely. Mental health is in two phases. One is uh, a long-term phase of how to recover, and the one is a very short-term and acute phase. The acute phase is very challenging because that's where suicide can happen or major injuries can happen or people can do something which they do not want to, but that's how the mental health poses themselves towards. So I think at that moment, if you are alone, and that's where the situation goes totally wrong. And I think that's where the health crisis 24-hour helpline has been built. Built with psychologists, social workers, counselors, and psychiatrists. 24 hours around to solve a case that cannot lead into fatalities that we want to prevent. 
But now with these mobile clinics and building a second layer of, of defense, which we call a secondary health system in the form of clinical psychologists and social workers, and prim- primarily clinical psychologists now deployed around the country, we now go with the long-term therapy. In any case of mental health, for a psychosocial development or psychosocial counseling, it needs minimum six uh, counseling sessions to kind of recover, to, to at least get stability in a human mind. And I think that's where we need to aim towards. So acute crisis is yes, but for a long term, we need, uh, that's why we're building the secondary health system so that we don't, once the person is being moved out of the crisis, mm. he's not still left alone. He'd be, he'd be followed with those needed counseling sessions or referrals that needs to then happen to help in the mental health. So mental health is very challenging and it needs a long-term process. Yeah, for sure. I'm very confident between ourselves there will be more such conversations. Nonetheless, for now, let's thank you for your time and we can only implore you to keep up the good work. You do have a serious impact in our community, accessing over 250 institutions of higher health in the broader scheme of things. That's the CEO of Higher Health, Dr. Ramnik Aluwalia. So thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Let's take a short break.